I'm sort of a master of distraction. And welcome back to Distraction. We are on episode 64, and it is election night. Way wah wah wee wah. So we are here recording a little early tonight so we can get our election TV time in. So we are doing a main discussion of our something about political presidents, campaign stuff like that, going into serious roles, comedies. Am I right on that, Jordan? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Um, and then we're going to say a little bit of news. And then we're going to start the top of the show off with our Mandalorian recap. And I think we're going to do this every week, whether it's Nerd Al or we get Chris on here. Dan, I'm sure one of those guys will want to jump on, too. I just kind of do a quick Mandalorian recap episode by episode. Um, there will be spoilers involved with these kind of things. So um, just a really quick introdu- introduction. Uh, first, we're going to introduce producer Tim because he's going to do the news and what he's been watching with us. So hi, producer Tim. Hey, everybody. So he'll, he hasn't watched this uh, episode, so we call the Nerd Al as a, as a kind of a, a bullpen arm for us. You know, that's good lefty, throws 100 miles per hour. He's going to do his job very Damn. well, I hope. What? That's impressive. Yes, I know. Yeah, that's, that's what you need in the bullpen <laughs> for a little baseball reference for you folks at home. Um, I, I told Al like probably 30 seconds before we recorded, so he's going off the seat of his pants. He's just going to, you know, he has all this knowledge in his head already, so I'm not too worried. So, Producer Tim, it was nice talking to you. We'll see you in a little bit. If you want to mute us so you don't get any spoilers, we will text you when you're ready. We'll text you when your table's ready. That's what we'll do. (laughs) Perfect. So, moving on. Mandalorian Episode 1. So, yeah, spoilers. I'll try to put put a time code in the description if I don't get too lazy. Yes. Hopefully, we should put probably five minutes. So, skip five minutes ahead, maybe seven minutes, and then go from there. So, Jordan, really quick question for you. Do you like the Episode 1 at a time kind of thing? Or do you want, like, three at a time like the boys did? What do you prefer? No, I definitely prefer the one at a time. Of course, I want like I want it all right now. But um, like I've said before, I miss that Game of Thrones. Like, hey, you just talk about it after every episode, and then yeah. you're not you don't have to rush. Like I felt like with Stranger Things, you have to rush through all of it so you don't get left behind or spoilers, and it's just it ruins a little bit of the experience. Yeah, I get that. Al, do you say the same thing? No, I'm on the same page with yeah. that. Um, yeah, just for, you know how many times like I, I'll be talking with someone that or for a Netflix show that we're both watching, and then some, one of us will be only halfway through the series, the other person will be the, all the way through, and that one little bit comes out, like slips up, and we're like, oh shit, I haven't been, I haven't <laughs> seen that episode yet. So no, I definitely like the weekly. Yeah, the Game of Thrones effect is the perfect way to put it. Just, right. I love having yeah. that weekly episode to talk about, and then you don't remember like, oh, did he die in episode six or five? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, did that uh, we'll big go, thing happen uh, yet? What big thing? It, you know. Yeah, you know, like like trying to like say, "Oh, what episode are you on?" And then like they say an episode and like like, "Fuck, I haven't seen that one. Why would you say that?" Like, <laughs> you asked me what episode I was on. Like, what am I supposed to say? So, I feel yeah. like it's always the same defensive <laughs> thing too for the person who spoils it like, "Oh, well, at least that's what you have to look forward to." And like, no, "Fuck you. I would yeah. better if I didn't know it was coming." Yeah. It's not really a spoiler that the main character died. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so you know how I am with spoilers in general. So, but we'll get into the actual episode now. I I was like we talked about before with some other guests of the show was they stopped watching Mandalorian 5 episodes in. 
and then like kind of picked up six, seven, eight. Going from episode eight to this episode has been awesome. Like this last two episodes, I think this episode is incredible for me. I don't know about you two guys, but I loved it. Jam packed, full of action from the start to the to the end. I was always like ready to go. Whatever that. Dave Filoni can do no wrong. That's the <laughs> that's the producer of uh, or he's like one of the creative directors of uh, uh, the Mandalorian. Um, him and J- John Favreau are like they're heavily expected to be like the people that are kind of taking over the reins of like development uh, of Star Wars um, pretty soon actually. So and I loved it. Like I this is and I'm super excited that you guys actually had me on tonight because. Like, I feel like every other time you bring me on for Star Wars news, it's always about something I hate about Star Wars. <laughs> that I feel is like true. I'm coming off as the most bitter like yeah. fan ever. This is the Star Wars I love. It just the beats that they get. It's just or the creators of this show. Just I just to me they they get what a lot of Star Wars is, and like it's uh, whether it's like Baby Yoda or like the Western, like the Mandalorian itself is just like that sci-fi Western feel to it, like where it doesn't go apart from baby Yoda doesn't go into like the force, like magic stuff. So, and the star Wars universe itself is so big. Like, I love that they're telling these stories that aren't necessarily focused on Jedi and stuff. So whether it stays that way or not, but um, for right now, just everything that I saw, like in this episode is just like, it's just a, it's a love letter to star Wars fans everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. and people can enjoy too, but like the fan, like there's pl- so our Jordan or a f- super fan, like you, like, how many times do you see something like a little Easter egg pop up and like, Oh, that's awesome. And yep. they threw that in there and it's just, no, I love it. I, I can't sing praises enough of it. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, I, I definitely missed all those Easter eggs. Like you said, the super fans catch it more than I do where I'm like, Oh, I don't know anything about this. And I watched some recap videos saying like something, some, you know, uh, certain materials and everything was used that mm-hmm. were, able, you know, certain people knows, but to start off the episode, it kind of started where, uh, Baby Yoda and Mando went into a boxing ring type of situation, which is always cool. I love like the wrestling kind of, you know, they do like they do a lot of shows where like they have some kind of wrestling match going on. I like it and it's starting into a whole gunfight based on Mandalorian's uh, gear or whatever to cause armor. That's super expensive. And that led out to a gunfight, which was already cool. And then tapes up the Cyclops and you guys and Al take it from there, I guess, from so, your summary. I guess of, that, that oh. Cyclops, um, the actor, I think it's John Lithguamo. I, I forgot uh, exactly how you pronounce his last name, but that, that's Sid the Sloth from uh, Ice Age. So oh. It's just kind of <laughs> like a random person to be there, but um, it's, uh, I kind of wish I didn't know how they shot it um, and that they used that, that green screen or that not the green screen, but that visual, uh, the TV behind the sets, because um, I feel like that closed in space, I could tell that they were walking up to a gigantic monitor. Um, so it irked me. But as soon as they left that and they went on to man on to Tatooine, like you completely forget. And it's just so immersive. So um, that's part of which I, I kind of wish, wish I didn't know how the sausage was made right there. But <laughs> yeah, overall, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, and to elaborate what I meant from the beginning, I just love when there's violence right away. Like, you were already, like, within 10 minutes, you had violence, you had fights, and that's what I love to see already. Like, it's it was it was a lot of war, like, a lot of, like, that general, I mean, I'll obviously get there, but general, like, a bat, like a setup, prepare for a battle, and the battle actually happened in the same episode is incredible. I mean, usually you got some kind of teaser, right. and it makes you wait. Like, this was, like, a full-on, like, everything. You saw the storyline from 
beginning to the end how it worked out it's definitely you know your your western flavor of the week which was a lot of you know Filoni's stuff was a lot of definitely the, in the clone wars and these other cartoons it was definitely the adventure of the week kind of thing um there are some overarching like you'll have a couple episodes where they do s- string together a storyline but for the most part it does feel like this series is going to be you know the serial adventures of the mandalorian mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that, and I loved the like the episode in general. And then like, um, it was really the like, what do you think of Timothy? I'm trying to think of Oliphant. What do you, did you? Th- what do you think about his role in the show and how he portrayed that character? No, I think he did a good job with it. Um, it is, it's. I will say it's a little unsettling to see because he is like the marshal of this like wayward like town in the, in the middle of like the desert of Tatooine, just out in the middle of nowhere. And again, spoiler alert, he's wearing Boba Fett's armor. And it was it was weird seeing him in that. Like, uh, I don't know, but it's it's supposed to be that point where it doesn't that's it wasn't made for him. It's just kind of something that he got. And uh, so it was just like visually it was like weird seeing yeah. it, but it was I think it accomplished what it needed to. It definitely looks um, like a Halloween costume on him <laughs> instead yeah. of how it looked in, you know, in the original series, because it's just it's not made for him. It's not fitted to him. Yeah. So, but, how, when did you know that it was just like his armor? Because I didn't know that at all, honestly. So, was it like so, when you first thing you knew it right away? It was like right away. Okay. Yeah. So yeah that's. that's I, just I knew I a little bit too much going into it. One because in the books, um, his character is act. This is the first character that has transitioned from a, a novel to live action. So, like this character is in a book. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very short like bridge between another longer story. Um, but they do talk about how he buys the. The, the Mandalorian armor and saves the town. So you kind of know the story of Boba Fett's armor and what happened to it after the fact and who Cobb yeah. Vanth is. Um, so I knew a little bit too much going into it. And there was, it definitely leaked that Timothy Oliphant was in it and he was playing, you know, uh, Cobb Vanth. So unfortunately I knew right away, as soon as I saw the show title, the, the episode title, I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, that's what you get for reading books, I guess. You nerd. nerd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, what did you think of the actual battle, though? Did you think anything was too cheesy? Do you think it was all on point, like of everything that went on through that whole battle that stopped the Great Dragon, I guess, and crate. they all teamed up together? What yeah, is it? It's crate. a Crate Dragon. Um, oh, sorry. Okay, guys, this is going to happen. Like It is definitely going to happen, but it doesn't, yeah, okay, that's doesn't mean I can't correct you. Um, Good. The I thought... So leading up to that, I thought that some of the special effects leaves a little bit to be desired, um, especially them riding the speeder bikes. It was just very poor. Um, but as soon as they, that final action piece came together, it yeah, that's where all the budget went. <laughs> holy cow! That was that was a straight blockbuster film, full of yeah. like graphics and. It's Someone incredible. said that Dune, Dune has a run for their money. They better step up if they want to be a good movie. <laughs> it was a very Dune element to have the big yeah. sandworm. Yeah. But no, I, I thought it was a good fight. I bet uh, Al, what did you think generally about the the whole that last pretty much battle scene? It's still, do it for you. It's still incredible that this is like kind of considered like a TV show, <laughs> just for the scale of it, what they were able to pull off. And um, Jordan has mentioned like the behind the scenes on how they go to like a film these things or this particular series. It's incredible. I yeah, no, it's. Yeah, how you say, like, the action was very on point, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, kept you, like, very much on the edge of your seat. But it's also, I think they handled it very well, because sometimes I feel like Disney is very, like, hokey or, like, 
has too many jokes like during action scenes like this. I think they kept it pretty like level mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, because you have people just kind of being swallowed whole, disintegrated with like digestive like toxins and stuff. And so it's a there's a serious scale to this that I again I just can't say enough that I'm impressed that they were able to pull off. Yeah, and uh, it was Favreau that actually had directed this uh, episode. So you get a little bit of his veteran leadership there. I mean, he, I think he is the most, uh, of anybody that's directed one of these episodes so far, he's obviously the most experienced. So um, that came through. One thing I noticed, too, from these episodes, just in general, like, as much as Baby Yoda, like, it's, like, the big deal, Mando always leaves Baby Yoda behind when he's doing these crazy things. I'm like, I'm like he's going to get caught. Like, something's going to bad happen to him every time. Like, for him, liking Baby Yoda that much, he leaves him behind a lot. Not very good parenting by him. <laughs> Just in my opinion, but um, either Jordan or Alan, this one, is there anything that we missed that should be brought up? Like, I think there's something with like our five POs, like old arm or old, like he was in the episode. The like, droid, yeah. So there was, if you um, want to get into all the Easter eggs, yeah, R5, that. You need a whole other podcast. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you could go on forever. The speeder that Cobb Vanth was driving looked like Anakin Skywalker's pod racer's engine. Um, yeah. That, yeah, R5 was the, the droid that initially. Luke Skywalker was supposedly going was trying to buy in the beginning of episode four, and then he breaks right in front of him. Um, there's a whole detailed history about yeah. him in in books that you don't want to know about. So there, there's <laughs> there's a lot there. It's just uh, to me when I was watching it, I was I was like, I was almost feeling like they're hitting me over the head with Easter eggs. Like this is a massive universe. All these things come together in one little spot. That's a little ridiculous, but. That's, you know, like, that's been Star Wars just from the start. Though. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, as the average fan, you'd never know any of that. It's really just for the super nerds. Yeah. And then, okay, so we'll finish on this. Al, we can, I want your uh, final word of the episode, kind of uh, what you thought. Obviously, like, oh, I guess but, we, didn't, we didn't touch on uh, actual Boba Fett. That, oh, that, that's well, that's my next point. I was going to say, um, Al, like, kind of wrap up your summary and as well as like your Boba Fett prediction with what's coming up and what you thought of Boba Fett in the episode itself. Is that kind of what you're thinking, Jordan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the whole Boba Fett reveal is literally like the le- spoiler alert again. It's the literal like last like 10 seconds of the, of the show where he just kind of appears and they don't even mention that it is Boba Fett, but the actor who plays him is Tamara Morrison who played um, Django Fett and the clones in the prequel uh, movies. So just that's another, another element where, some a casual fan like oh okay like who's this guy but like star wars fans around like i i spent about probably like 20 minutes to a half hour just watching like reaction videos on youtube <laughs> out once i saw this uh, episode just to like i don't know like feed off of like other like fans like enthusiasm just watching them lose their mind like oh my god like it's boba fat like he lives the last time you see him is return of the jedi where he falls into the sarlacc and for um and just nothing happens uh, in the canon sense. Uh, there used to be like old stories or whatever before like Disney bought Star Wars called like Legends where it said like he escaped by other means and everything. But when Disney took it over, there was no, they said all that stuff like is non-canon anymore. So it's not necessarily true. So he was kind of one of those threads out there that people like, did he di- like, did he die or whatnot? So he's back and, or again, all the all the fans are confirming it. It'll just be like one giant middle finger, or whatever. Like next episode, like oh, I'm not Boba Fett. Like <laughs> I'm just that a clone. Sick. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you fools. <laughs> but um, no, that was an awesome kind of uh, 
way to end the first like uh, the first episode to just get you like even more excited for the rest of the season. Yeah, yes. Jordan. What, was, what, were, so there sorry, was, what were your thoughts on the predict- predictions for Bobo, and then what your thoughts were as well? So last season there wasn't the other episode where they did go back to Tatooine. You heard at the end there was like this tease of like somebody walking up to um, that one bounty hunter that you hear the assassin, and you hear somebody walking up, and they have uh, you know you hear the noise of their steps or whatever, and everyone's like, "Is that Boba Fett? Who is that?" You know. Um, so it's still to be determined, I guess, if that's him, if they'd just been teasing all yeah. along that it's eventually going to be him or if that was Cobb Vanth, because um, you could hear him walking. It was the same sound. I think that obviously, t- I think some way around this, obviously Boba Fett's going back for his armor, right? I don't know why it, it took him so long to find it. Maybe he just tracked the Mando there, but uh, I think he's trying to get back to his armor how it'll all play out, but I would not be surprised if Timothy Oliphant, you know, Cobb Vanth ends up joining the little merry crew of uh, people that Mando's collecting. Um, but it'd be very cool to have two guys running around in those armors with those jetpacks in the future. That sounds pretty fun. Al, any last words before we kick you off and uh, put in uh, another bullpen arm, bringing it back in producer Tim? No, I'm happy to just. Uh, <laughs> leave on the positive note and uh no there actually is star wars that i like so again yeah, like yeah. i'm glad i d- had an episode where i could, didn't have to complain about something <laughs> <laughs> i do love that so yeah we'll have to figure out next week what we do we'll do a recap every episode whether it is nerd al or chris or dan i'm sure all those guys want to jump on but uh we'll expect nerd al back really quickly to uh discuss more star wars but uh yeah that was a good little recap thanks for the people who are just come returning thank you for you know skipping forward Tim, welcome back. So we want thank to you, know what you. you've been up to, not just in that little five-minute break, but what you've been up to this week. What have you been watching? What's been on your uh, your radar? On that five-minute break, I was doing dishes. So More like 15, 20 of, minutes. We talked pretty long. A little bit of household chores. Um, and then in terms of this week, uh, not that much. I've got some work stuff i got to do. Um, in terms of what I've been watching, I've been – Going back, so last week was Halloween, and I watched all of the Brooklyn Nine-Nine heist, Halloween heist episodes last week, which was really entertaining, and now that's got me just watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine again. (laughs) How many episodes of Halloween episodes are there? There's one per season, so um, I I I feel like I probably watched five or six. Oh, yeah. That's one of those great shows um, that I really never got back into. After like it stopped for a second, I just like stopped watching. But it's a good rewatchable show for sure. So, yeah, out of like those shows, like those sitcoms that you rewatch a bunch, Brooklyn Nine Nine's not one that typically comes up. But I, I just started rewatching it, and it's I really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I might have mentioned before, but uh, I remember when there was a roast going on in Comedy Central. Everyone was roasting Andy Samberg for starting a police comedy show. Like, oh, that's really going to last very long. And then, obviously, they're kind of joking, but it's still like, okay, this show could definitely, you know, dive and crash and burn. But it actually ended up turning out pretty well. So good for Andy Samberg. Yeah, I, was it? Sorry, I was. Uh, so we are recording this obviously during the middle of the election night, so I can't keep my freaking phone down. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if, if you just mentioned the. Um, did you mention the Comedy Central roast? Yeah, that's what, yeah, that was. A, <laughs> that was right that's what started. I thought. I, that's what I thought you said, and I'm like, all right, I better just acknowledge the fact that I was not listening because Serena's yeah. called me on it a couple times where she's like, I listen to this and you're not listening. 
<laughs> well, I do it a couple of times, but when you guys nerd out and stuff, I kind of, I told you I zone out. I leave the, I leave the, sh- uh, the set for a second. That's so, when I go get a drink. It's a hectic out. night. Okay. Tonight's a little, I agree. So let's, let's roll through this and, <laughs> you know, um, Brooklyn nine, nine, what else to be, uh, watching? Yeah. Two more. No, 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 no. I only had to answer one and I already answered oh, it. All right. That's right. Two more. Sure. He concedes his time. Uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I have another one. I, I, I thought that was funny. Uh, we watched on um, the new, I think it's Netflix is the, uh, what's it called? Uh, sorry. It's the, oh God, yes. Or yes, God, yes. The um, the one with the, the sister from Stranger Things. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? No. no oh, I, think, oh, I think I remember seeing like a trailer for it, but I don't. Um, I don't recall here. Um, let me pull it up because it's about this like uh, high school student that's coming of age um, and like her sexual sexuality in like a Catholic. Um, yeah, I think I saw the trailer for it in in like the two thousands. It was th- yeah. I'm surprised you guys haven't heard about it, um, but it's it was pretty interesting. I <laughs> just and, said I, um, turned, I saw the trailer for it. <laughs> Well, no, you you don't. Nobody's know listening about, to anybody. Though. Yeah, no, I no you. but you don't. You don't. You like. You think you saw the trailer. You don't know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's pretty good. It's got um, the girl from Stranger Things and Jonah from Beep. If you know who that is, is uh, another main character in it. <laughs> um, he's the priest. So yeah, I, I'd recommend watching it. It's it's worth. It was worth my time. Oh, that's good. And that, that's it. I've only got two. <laughs> there you go. Jordan, you got a big list tonight of three. Three. Woohoo. Um, so we already broke down Mando quite a bit. Uh, I checked out Sarah Cooper's uh, Netflix special, Everything's Fine. Uh, Sarah Cooper being the uh, TikTok and Twitter fame of she does lip syncs to Donald Trump's wacky things he says. Um, and she makes them even crazier with her facial expressions and uh, some of the crazy shit she does. Um <laughs> The special's not good. Uh, uh-huh. Not worth your time. Because most people are like, yeah, I've never even heard her talk. I don't even know what Sarah Cooper sounds like. She, I think she is funny, and I've heard her say some actual jokes, and there is some lines in here that are good, but I think the overall premise just... So what she does is she's like a news, like a local news anchor, and she goes around and has all these wacky guests, and there's infomercials and stuff. There are some parts that I laughed out loud at, but I think overall, it's kind of the, the issue that SNL is running into. When you do s- satire of what's going on right now, they're not even – the world is just so wacky that they're failing to live up to how wacky it is, right? So they're like <laughs> – yes. you're just like, yeah, this isn't funny. Like somebody said something like that in real life, and it was more astonishing than what you just said. You, f- you failed to live up to that even. So um, there is definitely – a struggle. I can definitely, oh, I can definitely see it being difficult from going from like thirty second clips, yeah, to a full special. And she, she is funny, so I, it's not on her. I just think that <clears throat> it is the problem that's you know I've watched some of these cold opens with SNL and like the debates, and you're just like you're coming up short because you're slower and you're actually allowing the jokes to land, and the debate they weren't even allowing each other to finish sentences, so you're not getting you know, that full vibe, you're falling short of just outlandishness. So that's kind of what she runs into a little bit. There is some funny parts, um, but I would say overall it's a little bit of a miss. Uh, 
then I also watched Shit's Creek. It's a doc. It's called Warmest Wishes and Kindest Regards. It's a documentary on you know filming and taping the last season. It's only uh, like forty five minutes, but it kind of reminds you why you liked the show. The sweet, you know, honest characters and the way that it's written and it's just this happy world that you can live into and some of the importance of the things like you know when you're watching it and i kind of noticed it is you know most of the time when you watch like a comedy or a tv show and like you have you know an lgbtq character there's a lot more like light on the fact of like um the difficulties they deal with and like you know stuff like that but this in its own way just kind of except everything was just such accepted and there was no question about like yeah that why would that be weird and it was just so natural that somebody was you know queer and it just it didn't have a problem with it and you know in this documentary they kind of go into how impactful that was and the world that they are creating is so you know important to a lot of people and it's something that i noticed when i was watching but after watching this documentary i you know appreciated even more it was really Really a nice thing to watch, especially if you're a fan of the show. Now, it only went four seasons, correct? I think six. Six? Okay, sorry. I didn't watch the show, but I was going to say, why did it end so early? But six seasons is a pretty good lasting show. Yeah, um, I think the, the the issue was most people found it like the in-between five and six. You know, they're, they're yeah. taping six. It was pretty much done. And then people, like, it just blew up on Netflix. Um mm-hmm. Okay. So they just had this huge notoriety, like right as they had already written the series, and it was pretty much done. But they were all bl- it was blowing up everywhere. So um, it that's ended... what happened with um, Money Heist too. Really? That's a Netflix show. That's like it was a foreign show, so it wasn't in English. But all of a sudden, they went to Netflix and blew up. And they're like, "All right, like this thing is likes again." Like we, it was it was kind of a failing show, honestly. And then all of a sudden, it got the Netflix bump. And it just took off, and they're like, all right, we're back for season two. Like, we're going to do more. We're going to do more seasons. So that got new life just from joining Netflix. So the actors talk about it, how it changed their lives, kind of, and how Netflix did that for them a little bit, too. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, a little yeah, Breaking cool. Bad moment there. So that's all I got. Perfect. And then, yeah, I watched Mandalorian, and we talked about that already. So we can jump into the news and get it going. And now it's time for news. Of course, no one can see this news program, so it doesn't really matter what we say. And we're not talking about Huey Lewis in the news. But I think Huey has a far more bitter, cynical sense of humor. We're talking about facts. You can't handle the truth! Okay, so for news, I think we missed this one last week, but Michael Bay is producing a movie called Songbird about uh, COVID 20-something, 43 stupid don't watch it um ted lasso actually got green lit for season three that's right season three um then the first great north trailer which is a fox animated series from the creators of bob's burgers uh was released and of course uh sir sean connery passed away at age 90 uh producer tim i'll start with you what do you want me to talk about oh whatever you want it's kind of the point yeah, um, so I watched the trailer for the COVID movie and it was, um, it definitely was a, of a topic of conversation within our household. Uh, we thought uh, it was potentially irresponsible, um, kind of like uh, panic inducing and uh, really untimely um, for what's going on in the world to greenlight this movie is kind of how our perception of it. Uh, I don't know, do you think it's like a little too close to home? 
uh, with yeah. the fact that oh for sure and I, I don't think anybody's got an appetite like for it who's got an appetite yeah. to go watch something like that right now yeah it, it was it was kind of weird too because I, when I posted it to our uh, distractional group page we have I, I posted without any any um, writing on it so it wasn't like I approved or disapproved but I, our whole group message was like, like oh this is way too soon like, do I need to say something but like I knew like in my head I'm like why they're like saying almost like four years of lockdown it messes with your brain i'm like why are you putting this in people's heads people are going to freak out and like there's no point of even releasing this movie but i mean yeah i think we're on the same page it's too soon it's weird yeah it's definitely speaking to the fears that people have about the government controlling you it is a very it's fear-mongering right yeah yeah for sure no, I agree. And then I wanted to mention too, obviously Sean Connery, it's super sad. And I think the one comment I wanted to make that I actually heard was like, uh, like Daniel Craig, all the other James Bonds, like did the James Bond role. Like Sean Connery was James Bond. Like he, he kind of surpassed what James Bond was, it is. So, um, sad he's gone. And yeah, RIP Sean Connery, sad. 90 years old though. But, um, the other one I want to mention with Ted Lasso, that's, pretty damn awesome before even a season two comes out do they even film season two yet or no no they're writing season two right now <laughs> so that's incredible yeah good feedback then oh for sure because i was very nervous that this was going to be one of those shows that like was very no, they, good but they, people didn't find two it out? what are you talking about Sorry. ted lasso wasn't like season one yeah wasn't season one like six episodes and season two was like eight episodes no no what? <laughs> wow. They're they're writing yeah, season two right now. They're not they're yeah. not even done writing it yet. Um But I was worried that this is since, you know, Apple TV Plus, like who the hell is watching that, you know, kind of thing. I was worried that this might be something that goes to the wayside. But then, you know, the more I see online, the more that I think that this almost has like a shit's creek, you know, thing where people are like, Holy hell, like this is such a nice great show that's just so uplifting right now and like people are like why is this good like this this is great and like word of mouth is kind of exploding on this so i think that's why they went ahead and you know green lighting season three doesn't necessarily mean anything without season two being out because you know apple tv plus might even be you know dead and gone by the time that comes out who knows nowadays with tech um but it is a good sign that they're at least seeing the numbers and they're seeing you know the talk of the word of mouth to keep it going. Cause I would, I would hate for this to be a show that, you know, didn't get the legs it deserved and the eyeballs it deserved. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. I'll mirror that, that talk. And then uh, I guess we'll just move on just, to the, oh, wait, sorry, before we go. move on. Sorry. I was completely wrong about season two, but um, <laughs> excellent that yeah. they're, they're moving forward. But do you guys feel like one concern I had with the show itself is that I, I I'm not sure that in this like universe that they've created, they can keep a, kind of like a sitcom workplace comedy going season after season. Like they're going to run out of material around premier league football. Right. That's what I was thinking. And around coaching, that's going to be hard to keep storylines moving in that, in that space. Do you think they'll run into that issue or it's going to be no problem? I ain't no problem. I think that you pay these big writers and they'll figure something out. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we, I mean, coach Ted Lasso too. He could move back to the the states, and he could be a MLS coach. Like, there's different things you can do very easily. I think to change the seasons. Uh, you know, they made Friday Night Lights work for a long time, and that's basically seasons. And but they had less places to go, right? I mean, he changed high schools. Like, um, oh yeah, fair enough. This is uh, like Tim said. You know, go to MLS. There's there is definitely some some options. I would think. Yeah. 
Perfect. And then, yeah, our last one, the Great North trailer for that Bob's Burger creator, whatever. Looks pretty good. I'm not going to watch it like a, you know, like a episode by episode basis. If it's on TV, I'll, like, I'll turn it on for the last 10 minutes or something like that. I think it's a good commercial buster <clears throat> where you just kind of turn it on. Like, oh, this is okay. Will Forte, Ron Swanson, I'm good for them. <laughs> so, I think we're good to go on that. And let's move on to our discussion, main one. Okay, and we are on to our discussion, and I'm going to make a big ramble about what it is. It's our top president portrayals in film and TV, kind of like general for serious, for comedic, and our worst presidents, and stuff like that. Mine are going to be more funny, so I'm going to let you guys take the serious ones of the <laughs> your belt, um, and then I just kind of chime in when I have to. So I think we should start at the best serious portrayals of our presidents or maybe a political campaign, something like that in general. And what you guys think about that. The only one I can think of was like a house of cars reference that I only watched like two episodes of it, but so I feel like that, that would be a fake president. Yeah. I didn't so. watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I made so, um, also, I mean, if you're talking about Kevin Spacey's character, he is technically like the whip. He's not the president. Well, I'm but... saying the show's, the show's canceled. Like, you know, you don't get to pull from it. Right. Uh, no. Okay. You, you can. I mean, okay. I made the categories and <laughs> I, I confused. You know, this is a standard thing we do. That's why I really think that we should be distraction and confused. Um, distraction <laughs> and confused. Yeah. I think that was like a great suggestion. I'm honestly all for that. Uh, okay. So I think we're, we're, we're definitely confused. Um, so basically, <laughs> the categories that I was trying to spread out were, you know, a serious portrayal of a real president in uh, TV or film, uh, a comedic portrayal which would be like your um snls something more exaggerated uh the worst portrayal of a real president which was very hard to find actually and then um the best fake president in a movie that would be you know your air force ones stuff like that or like you mentioned house of cards and then tim uh producer tim added the the others category which is you know the other political people in the realm that are not necessarily presidents, but uh, political leaders that uh, have been satire or showed up in other ways. That's fair. Okay. So Jordan, <laughs> you're the, the head honcho in this one. I think you can lead us off with one name or president that stands out to you in, in any of the categories you want. So um, I will go with, um, if we're going to, we're going to go into best, right? Cause that's where you said you wanted to start. Uh, I know you didn't have much to mention. Maybe hopefully producer Tim does. Otherwise, I'll just be listing names. Um, <laughs> I, only, I have one answer here, Jordan. So let me go first. Okay. And the answer is Daniel Day Lewis. Um, I mean, think I think that is the answer, right? Yeah. Right. So um, no, nothing more to say there, other than he's an amazing actor, um, and portraying Lincoln was, you know, it, it was right when Daniel Day Lewis was. I don't, I don't want to say necessarily the prime, but like any time Daniel day Lewis was one of the top actors of the time. And it felt like every time he was in a role, he was being nominated for best actor around those years. Um, so yeah. Uh, the movie itself, uh, I thought it was good. I don't, nothing that really stands out is noteworthy other than, you know, yeah, it's a good movie. I don't know how you feel. Um, Actually, to be honest, I haven't seen it, but I've seen a lot of scenes from it. Um, it's very evident that you know Daniel Day Lewis can take over a room and draw you in with the way that he embodies a character. 
I did it again. Tim, can you hear him? I did it again. No. I unplugged my mic. Um, <laughs> you unplugged it yourself? So it's a cord, obviously, right? And I'm not sitting at a desk, so it's getting stuck as I wiggle around and fidget because I'm just fidgety as all hell. If we're still recording, this is still live. I love how enthusiastic you are about it, everything that's going on right now. So the fact that you have to wiggle around while you like talk is pretty cool to me. I'm a fidgety person. Okay, so um, yeah, just Daniel Day-Lewis. Enough said. We, we know. Um, Perfect. That's the one. So I would say, though, there is a lot of other things that I'd like to mention as far as like great portrayals of actual presidents. Um, if you've ever seen the series John Adams on HBO, it was a miniseries, uh, I think like eight episodes, great portrayal of several presidents, the first three uh, most notably. Uh, Paul Giamatti's great as John Adams. Um, and actually David Morris plays a very good George Washington and is more, and it is tough in this period because I guess you do have a little bit more freedom on how you act, right? Because you're not looking at like, okay, that's not how JFK sounded like you're way off. Um, so there's a more freedom for somebody to be a little bit more creative with how they want to be. But supposedly George Washington was a very quiet person, um, kept his mouth closed very often, obviously because he had horrid teeth. Um, so I think they did a very good job of representing this very tall, powering figure, but also very soft-spoken. Um, John Adams was supposedly a very annoying person that you would never really be friends with. It's Paul Giamatti. We've seen him. He's a very annoying person that you probably <laughs> would not want to be friends with. So um, there's just a lot of that. Jefferson's great, very good intellect, um, very elegantly spoken, um, so those are good, but as far as like things that were, you know, you can really watch somebody and compare notes, uh, Lyndon Johnson, when Brian Cranston played him, um, mm-hmm. really great, really completely empowers the character, just the mannerisms, everything is dead on. Um, obviously we've talked to Abraham Lincoln or, uh, yeah, Lincoln with Daniel Day Lewis. Uh, one of the other nods would be, uh, Alan Rickman plays Ronald Reagan, does a very good job of that. The voice is not exactly right, but the mannerisms and the inflections are there. It definitely brings you in. Um, (laughs) Then the the movie, it was Vice, right? With um, Sam Rockwell ends up playing George W. Bush in that. And I don't know if it's much better than when Brolin did it, but I found it to be more engaging and more believable of like, yeah, that's W. Whereas like Brolin, I just couldn't, could never buy it. It always just felt like a parody. And it might have been that the movie was just too soon. Cause I think it was actually while W was still in office. Um, that's enough of me rambling. Yeah. I was going to say, um, I know it's the vice president, but the, the vice movie, did any of you see that movie? It was yeah, like, the I one that I was just referring to. Yeah. 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 See that I just zoned out. Damn it! We're having I a did. night. I told you, yeah. That's why. We, that's why we moved up the recording. Yeah, and I think distracted and confused is, is is got some legs on it again. Once again, like we just we're all over the place. So I wanted to mention a funny one that makes no sense. You guys, like that one doesn't count because it's not a real portrayal, but it is a portrayal of any any political campaign that goes on. And I just wanted to mention the douche and the turd sandwich from South Park. I know it didn't really fit into a category. <laughs> But you can, I can, I can slip that into a regular conversation of someone who doesn't watch South Park and like, oh, the election stuff. I'm like, yeah, just a douche and a turd sandwich. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. 
Like, so no one really knows what I'm talking about, but you can kind of bring it into a conversation and be like, yeah, that makes sense. So I think South Park does a good job of politics. Like somehow they move like different uh, general main, like mainstream topics into the political campaigns they do. And it ends up being really funny a lot of the time. So good on South Park, all the president stuff they do. I'm all for whatever they do. So boom. Boom. Uh, so I guess that's a segue into comedy. Um, sure. What is your, so Tim, I'm obviously you've seen a lot of, you know, like SNL impersonations. What, what was you be your favorite? Yeah, I was trying to think of that. Probably like Will Ferrell growing up was the one that really stuck out like with uh, with Bush. Like that one is like when you see him come on to SNL, like when he returns, he's usually doing a Bush impression. Like that's what people come back for. So I think that's the best one by far. And I, and I know we have Dana Carvey for Bush Sr. too as producer Tim's typing that. Um, I just think – I think Baldwin Trump is awesome, awesome too, but uh, the Will Ferrell Bush one is the one that kind of stands out when you're thinking political on SNL. Yeah, that's uh, – I think that's the first one that I paid attention to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Correct. You, yeah. you almost like tuned in to see him play W. Um, I'd put Alec – Alec Baldwin as Trump I think would be obviously number two. He's just so annoyingly spot on. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's definitely the best Trump impersonator out of a lot. Everybody's got their own Trump. Um, everybody wants to. Yeah, like, yeah. The late night guys like Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Fallon. And uh, they're both terrible. Trevor Noah. I mean, they all have a Trump voice and impersonation, and they're not that great. No. I think uh, oh, Fallon drives me up a wall when he does it. <laughs> it's like you, you're not close, dude. And it's just the I was watching last night and he it. did it. Yeah, and it was pretty terrible. At that point, you might as well not do it. Trevor Noah's is pretty. I mean, Trevor Noah's isn't very close, and maybe that's more positive in his his favor is that it's so far off that it's it gives <laughs> it's not a big deal. Um, but yeah, I agree. The other one that uh, I think pe- people have struggled with Obama. Like there is not a lot of Obama impersonations, but I think Jay Farrow does like a pretty good job. Um, yeah, yeah. Nobody else really like Fred Armisen did Obama for a while. It wasn't not close. Um, <laughs> not SNL, but didn't um, Jordan Peele do Obama occasionally too? He or did. was it just like an Obama esque character? No, it was because it was Obama's member was Obama's anger anger translator. When Key would just uh, <laughs> translate everything he was saying into yeah. just like screaming. <laughs> no, that was great. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. So I think the skit there was funnier than the actual and was better than the impression because it wasn't about Obama. It was just supposed to be very chill. He did get to like some of the mannerisms and the, I mean, the, the inflections the, and those, those, the, the cadence the of his voice. Yeah, the cadence is, uh, it's just so every unique pause. with Obama. If you haven't seen the college skit of Barack Obama for Key and Peele, it's amazing. He does a great job of. Uh, oh yeah, it's really really funny. Yeah, so that's 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 probably one of the better presidential skits I've seen. This I was I actually watched it two weeks ago as well, and it's still as funny as the first time I watched it. Uh, and then yeah, uh, full full well one more full circle okay. with uh, since mm-hmm. you know we're just going to hit all the last four presidents. Yeah. Um, Daryl Hammond, when he does uh, Bill Clinton, was pretty good. Yes, that's, that's a little older, and obviously, full circle. It uh, he was he was brought up a lot this week with his Sean Connery impressions for uh, Celebrity Jeopardy. So, um, 
Just wanted to mention him at the end. That's true. Yeah, he's probably the first one I watched in SNL, really. Like, that was, like, kind of the – when I was, like, really young. But I watched SNL from all those presidents, and I'm, I feel like an old man now. <laughs> you are, Tim. <laughs> yes, I am. So, yeah, perfect. And then, like I said, I didn't have many, but I, I wanted to mention campaigns that were more just uh, me being random and funny. So one was Phil Tandy of Last Man on Earth. Not many people know about that. It's weird. I mean, he's one of the last people on earth. So he's like, I'm going to make myself president. So he does that. <laughs> so he doesn't allow him to be president. So I thought it was pretty funny. Not the one that would stick out to anybody. I said, uh, Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite. He becomes president, I think, of the class, which was cool. <laughs> well, I vote for Pedro. It's like a big political camp. What was he? This is cool. That's, that's fair. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just wasn't thinking of local elections. I know that's what I wanted to mention because I knew it wasn't be brought up at all. So I wanted to do that. Before. But vote for Pedro has been one of the best political campaigns out there. Great T-shirt. It lives on till today. I'm pretty sure people were probably that for Halloween. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they probably were. Nobody saw it. Nick Foles looks like Napoleon Dynamite. People forget that. <laughs> people don't forget. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, That's about all I bring to the table. <laughs> so wipe my hand clean. You showed up. You did great. I did show up. Yep. Damn straight. So you guys yep. can lead the discussion well, now. Well, adding to the uh, comedic portrayals, uh, W in uh, Harold and Kumar, Harold and Kumar two yep. was yeah. hilarious. Who I remember pl- who played him. Out. I, could, I don't even know. I couldn't even remember who played him. Um, but yeah, I don't end, think they yeah. ever showed it. They, didn't they like, wasn't he usually like, uh, covered and they didn't actually show his face. It's always just a voice. Like he's on the phone or behind a painting or stuff. Like that, that could have been, um, yeah. I don't remember it that well, but I just remember you, when you, I watched you boys got yourself in Guantanamo. Yeah. When I watched that, uh, for the first time, I, those scenes cracked me up. Um, and the other comedic portrayal that I wanted to mention is, uh, t- Terry Crews and Idiocracy. Uh, President, do you remember his name? Is like Comanche or Comancho or something like that? But uh, that whole movie is hilarious if you haven't seen it. And this is a former uh, professional wrestler and former porn star turned president of the United States. Um, Rings a little too true right now. Like, is that real? But uh, when this movie came out, that was considered extreme satire. So, but it's, it's really quite funny to see Terry Crews in that role. <laughs> Love it. Jordan, what do you want to Jordan, bring? Jordan, any others? Next um, as far as like fake comedy presidents, I don't, I don't have, I don't have much. Uh, you listed on here Veep, obviously that's, there, it's full of stuff that seems so outlandish and funny, like you said, and it's now, uh, just feels like a documentary. But uh, I, I think one of the topics you have on here, though, that would just be fun to maybe just transition into is your, your other political field. Because even like the uh, with SNL, I think some of the better impersonations and the more funny moments actually came from people that weren't president per se. But, uh, you know, like Tina Fey playing Sarah Palin, like how much notoriety that brought alone to SNL, like that character, she was so spot on so ridiculously funny that yeah i i think that's probably the place to lean rendell i'll let you i'll let you continue with your list there uh in the others in political field or do you want me to just say the comedic ones because sure we're in the other category uh, now 
But Larry David is uh, Bernie Sanders this past year was listening. really quite great. Yeah. Um, but if if we're going just others in the political field entirely, you know, House of Cards was absolutely awesome before Kevin Spacey got canceled. Um, and, I, you know, that really was so entertaining for those few years. Um, and then the, I didn't even watch after – because didn't they make a season or two after he was off the off the show? Or yeah, once? they did. Yeah, they continued. Netflix tried to keep it going. I didn't continue to get through it, but that, like whenever I think of a political show that I watch, that's always one that first comes to mind. Uh, also, First Kid. I don't know if you remember that one. That was like a Disney movie. No. Uh, Sinbad. Sinbad was a Secret Service agent to the son of the president. Oh, that makes. Um, I, I know the character. It's, it's a comedy. Uh, that, uh, that always, that made me think of that. Um, Veep, obviously, uh, those were those, my others in the political field. I'm sure there's a lot more, uh, very quick list. Yeah. So we can kind of move on to a uh, category of the worst presidents or worst portrayals of a president in either movie or TV. Uh, Jordan, does any stick out like one person stick out to you for the worst president? Yeah. So I had a hard time really kind of researching this, um, because I just remember thinking like, oh, yeah, there's got to be presidents who you're watching that and you're watching a movie and you're like, that's supposed to be Nixon. That's freaking horrible. Um, like in The Watchmen, that movie uh, in, from 2008, I thought that that was a terrible depiction of uh, Nixon. It was just like a dude in a crap load of makeup that looked horrible and it sounded horrible. It brought me out of the movie for a minute. Um, and I thought there'd be easier ways to research that and kind of like spark, you know, my own memory on some of those things but i couldn't find anything so um it kept trying to show me like the worst snl impressions i couldn't find them so there's there's no yeah. like major list out there of like somebody who failed to portray a president so that's all i really had was is that was the person that sparked my thought on that and i thought there'd be a lot more to find but there is Could we just actually named uh, Donald Trump 2016 to 2020? <laughs> Worst portrayal. Every single news station ever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, the election's not over. <laughs> can, that, can that be my answer? Sure, yeah, absolutely. So, um, and I didn't have an answer for that one, so that's an easy one to move on to. And so I think we're pretty much best fake president in a movie or just kind of other again. So kind of throw out some notables. Like I said, I said my like three or four random ones that I have. So I'm all out. So Jordan or producer Tim, if you have a couple of the notable ones you want to mention that was left off the list, you're more than happy to do it now. The, the only one that I still had that we haven't uh, said anything about um, – well, actually, we haven't said anything about uh, a few of those uh, movies from the 90s that I never watched, so I'm guessing Jordan <laughs> will talk about them. Um, but uh, Robin Williams in Night of the Museum is Teddy Roosevelt is one that I wanted just to throw out there as he was a president. And <laughs> Robin was. Williams is awesome. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Jordan, did you have any best fake presidents in a movie like this? Like people not portraying a president, but just a president in a movie. Yeah, so obviously you have Harrison Ford in Air Force One. Um, not only does he kick ass on the plane, and but uh, it starts the movie with him delivering really powerful speech, um, just acting very presidential in the right off the top. He's uh, he's definitely number one, and then also. 
Bill Pullman from, you know, a stupid mm-hmm. in, Independence Day. That movie obviously is, you know, just like a fun, dumb movie. And he's, you know, you don't really know much about his presidential anything else other than he delivers an awesome speech in that movie and he actually gets in a plane and go fights the aliens. So I thought it's cool. He's kind of like a another one of those badass Harrison Ford roles, uh, roles throughout. Um, but a lot of these movies that have presidents, they're... they're the good ones are always in a scenario where there's this world-ending moment or, like, they have to take on their own, they have to defend themselves. There's not really, like, these great fake presidents that actually go through any sort of diplomacy. They're all just stupid action movies. So uh, those are the two that stood out to me because they deliver great speeches and still kick ass. And like you said, we are distracted and confused now. Did we mention the West Wing at all? I didn't see that, but I know we, we didn't, but I've never watched it. No, that okay. doesn't mean that it shouldn't be mentioned, um, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not that guy. Yeah, I've either, never so. seen. Okay, perfect. I've never seen West Wing. I I know people really love that show. It's like one of the shows that if you like it, you love it. Yeah, and I've never I, seen it. Yeah, it's definitely on this list. If anyone watched it, it would be on the list, but it's not technically. So there you go, West Wing fans. You got your. Got your little nod. You tip the cap. So I will say that Pete Rich said she'd be mad if Dave was not mentioned, uh, Mr. Producer Tim. Oh, yep, and I forgot to mention it. Dang it. All right, thanks, Jordan. Good work. <laughs> uh, go. I've never I, seen it. I honestly it. have never even heard of that movie before I today. Googled, I, I Googled it. it Kevin after Kline, she, yeah. 1993 release. I, I guess it's supposed to be really good, but we'll probably go watch it this uh, um, this this week or something like that just because um and then have you seen uh, welcome to mooseport yeah with ray romano no yeah is that with ray romano no i haven't yeah. seen it but i remember that ray romano's in it yeah it's good 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 movie i, I don't know what it is just a movie yeah it's uh, uh fine <laughs> yeah exactly that's what, I, that's what i said yeah i was like it's a movie like it's <laughs> it's there you watch it with your parents. And yeah. Pretty much. Did yeah. either of Once you, that's um, was J. Edgar Hoover, was he, was he an, I don't think he was a president. Was he the head of this FBI? Who's J. Edgar Hoover? And what was that movie that just came out of? With him? <laughs> I'm really, really, out. or not just came out, but, uh, with, where Leo, Leo play him? Yeah. Leo played him. In 20, 2011. So not just came out. You get, did either of you see that? Uh, I don't think I actually saw it because everybody said it was basically the aviator all over again. And I didn't really care for that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking up right now. He's head of FBI. (laughs) Yeah. Not a president, but I knew that was a political movie. I'm not (laughs) sure. I never saw it. 6.5 out of 10, 43% Rotten Tomatoes. So it wasn't that great. Okay. Okay. All right, so I guess I mean, you know, now we're kind of just like naming, you know, random ones. Does, do we have any more notable? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we do it sometimes where we just like save sometimes, one. But yeah, we remember we are, Barry. We are we are going to the somewhat detail, I think. So I think we're doing better better job of kind of going into it. So any more notables uh, from either of you that you want to mention before we wrap this up? No, I think let's get the hell out of here. Okay, let's I wrap think- it up. Let's just uh, shout out uh, Lin Manuel Miranda's one of the founding fathers who wasn't president, Alexander <laughs> Hamilton. Yes. I thought you meant just in general, like just him. Cause he wasn't president, but yeah. And I'll, I'll shout out to Owen who I think, and I don't, I think this is on air where we said it, but I think I said the idea of distraction and confuse, but it was led from Owen's brain. 
Like he got the assist. Like <laughs> he gave me a slam dunk for the idea. But I'm not sure. It could be Owen's idea too. I'm I'm not sure whose idea it was. But I think this distraction and confused thing could be a title in the very near future. I like it because uh, we are definitely both. Yes. It, yeah. Makes sense, and I like it. Pretty for Tim. Do you agree or no? Uh, yeah. Love it. Okay. Perfect. So let's Jordan, make sure there's not like seven other. I think I actually I did Google it and there was nothing confused. that came okay. up. So uh, I'll do a little hey, bit deeper dive, but. That might be the new title. Might get an old makeover here. We'll Ooh. release it for our seventieth episode or something. Nice. Okay, Jordan, you get one shout out. Uh, shout out to um, getting this night over with and hopefully some, some good <laughs> results. There you go. Like we every episode say, bye. Bye. Goodbye. Everybody, guess what? I was secretly an undercover rock star this whole time. You can subscribe to Distraction anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you leave a review. Our voiceover guy still isn't getting paid. Wait, I'm not?